This is Biz. I'm a part-time working mom with a toddler son and a daughter who's a full-blown kid. And I'm Teresa, a part-time working mom with two little boys and another on the way. This is a show about life after giving life. Don't listen with your kids, because there will be swears. This is One Bad Mother. This week on One Bad Mother, you win some and you lose some. Plus, Biz takes it offline, Teresa runs away to the woods, and we get some help from Teresa's mom, marriage family therapist, Beth Hosfeld, on how to help kids when we are scared as adults. Woo! <laughs> Woo! Woo! I guess. I don't know. That's not, I'm not, I'm not much in a wooing mood. Yeah, that's fine. Is that fair? It's totally fair. Okay. I still expect you to bring the same Woo! level of enthusiasm. <laughs> uh, how Every are week. <laughs> Regardless of what's going on. It's called leaving your emotional baggage at the door, Biz. Oh, all right. <laughs> Right. Actually, wait a minute. Hold on. Uh, what? That's is that totally, what this is? No, no, I forgot. That's totally <laughs> contradictory to what we do here. Isn't that? You're supposed to bring your I'm emotional baggage with you. All the baggage. Yeah, bring in. your baggage. It's a very small yeah. room. Don't lose any the, of your baggage. The period hut on is to, very small. It's all carry on. But there's just enough room <laughs> to cram in our emotional baggage. How? Speaking of emotional baggage, how are you, Teresa? Um, all things considered, I'm actually great. Uh, because I went away by myself, like, no kids, no husband, with girlfriends over the weekend, um, to the mountains. I fled, fled to the mountains, uh, for some quiet time, some rest, some napping, some hiking, some reading. Um, I brought one of my dogs. (laughs) Do you know how goddamn easy one dog is? Yeah, probably pretty easy. Oh, man. It's as easy as cats. It was... (laughs) So fucking easy. It was a delight. Oh, that's nice. Um, so big thanks to Jesse. He's been gone so much lately. Um, it was kind of like my turn. Yeah, you so, had to go. Yeah. Yeah, there's sometimes that moment when your partner travels a lot where you're like, oh, now that they're back, am I supposed, are we supposed to spend all this time reconnecting? Mm-hmm. Or, or do I get do to go I get somewhere? Do I get to leave now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, that is amazing. Yeah. Did it, it was, was it help did it was it helpful? It was really great. I mean yeah. we should we should no, say in case there's some like weird just you know, I mean this is a timeless show. Yeah. That we should just comment that this is the week following the two thousand sixteen presidential election. Yeah. And uh it should come as no surprise to anyone uh that Teresa and I were were Hillary fans and 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 fans. We yeah. were, yeah, yeah, very. We were with her. We were with her, yeah. and so uh, that is for Teresa to have gone to escape and have some quiet time in the mountains. It mm-hmm. has like an extra level of like relevance. Yes. I mean, it, it's not just that it's fucking Monday, right? <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. So. Um, uh, and I did something equal. I, the closest I could do to coming to a mountain was I I've, I have shut off the I've tried my best mm-hmm. to be off the the social media. Nice. Uh, and the news. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm not a big I only get I'm pretty much an NPR source and mm-hmm. then L.A. Times uh, source mm-hmm. uh, are my two. I, we don't have cable, so I'm not watching the 24 hour mm-hmm. stuff. Um and uh, but even the the NPR I couldn't do, and and uh, just just a uh, yeah. So uh, that has been a little helpful, uh, just because I I am 
Yeah, that was helpful. And as a hilarious uh, side effect of that, I've been bonding with my children. <laughs> a lot more. That's awesome. <laughs> it is. It is. I, uh, strangely, uh, I'm coming out of my funk. Uh, Good. I, I wonder, wonder if the two are connected. Yeah. <laughs> Facing adversity. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, guys, it's, there's no question I'm riled. I've been playing Helen Reddy's I Am Woman, Hear Me Roar in the Car for Katie Bell. <laughs> now she and Ellis, like, request it as much as they request the gambler. So, like, I got Ellis in the back of my car on the way home being like, I am strong. I am invincible. <laughs> I'm like, indoctrinated. Um, yeah, I feel I feel like it's important for us to acknowledge yeah. that this isn't a political show at no. all. And that's why you guys haven't heard from yeah. us about this election. Right. This is just not why we're here. This is just not what we're about. And and yet we both came in here today and we we just really felt that in order to really be authentic, which we try yeah. to do for you guys every week. Yeah. Um, we just can't not acknowledge that this is going on for us. And 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 I and you know, we assume many of you and I we also assume not all of you. We also right. assume, you know, exactly. and a if, wide spectrum of people listening and we we love you all. Right. And we're if just, this was swapped and if this was swapped this would it would be equally important to acknowledge that as well yeah so like this is uh the yes so uh, that is that is correct and uh we are going to and while this is not a political show we are going to have a wonderful guest on today uh marriage family therapist uh Beth Hosfeld, who is Teresa's mom, is going to talk to us in general about dealing with difficult things uh, the, or, or things that we find difficult as adults while also trying to be uh, good parents to our to our kids. So I think that's going to be helpful, but not necessarily related to the election per se. Right. Like, yeah. I, you know what I mean? So yeah. uh, and <laughs> randomly today's topic that we had chosen long so before random. this, so it really was random, random <laughs> is about kids and winning and losing. So, <laughs> so let's see how today goes, guys. Please take a moment to remember, if you're friends of the hosts of One Bad Mother, you should assume that when we talk about other moms, we're talking about you. If you are married to the host of One Bad Mother, we definitely are talking about you. Nothing we say constitutes professional parenting advice. Ms. and Teresa's children are brilliant, lovely, and exceedingly extraordinary. Nothing said on this podcast about them implies otherwise. Teresa. Yeah. Winning and losing. Uh Uh-huh. And let's let's clarify that I, I was supposed to start out. I, I could easily go for some hilarious jokes here, but I'm mm-hmm. going to pull back and say what I think we're going at is the idea of is it all right for kids to be put in situations where there's going to be a loser and there's going to be a winner, or is the idea of everybody's gets a trophy the 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 right way to go so Mm -hmm. because that you know i mean generationally people have had different experiences Mm -hmm. so that is like that's what we're trying to talk about here Mm -hmm. and like did and like also we want to talk about like how fun it is when your kid loses in a game (laughs) like how fun that is what do you mean when they win 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 Teresa, were you a winner or a loser (laughs) (laughs) Can you even set 
a tone to talk about what you're losing and like say loser and it not just immediately I think we're going like, to have to get really comfortable with saying loser. We're going to have to get comfortable right saying I'm, I'm all right. I'm all right saying it. it. Yeah. I'm all right saying yeah. it. Yeah. I think <laughs> I was definitely um, like, uh, you know, I mean, I was raised by a marriage family therapist. Right. Like, we had a board game in our house called the self-esteem game. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like oh, definitely, that's great. yeah, definitely. I was, I, and I think, you know, I always growing up, I always was kind of like feared authority and always really wanted to be liked by others. Mm. And so I think I always shied away from competing like full out for right. stuff. Cause I, I didn't necessarily want to beat my friend. Like right. I didn't necessarily want to win. Not that like I always could have or something, right. but like I just, that was never like being the best yeah. or being the winner never seemed really that important to me. Right. Like it seemed more important that everyone was having fun and uh, that, like everybody yeah. liked me. Right. You know? So yeah. that was, um, that was me. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, we did, my sister and I both did, like, uh, some team sports stuff. We both did baseball. I did soccer. Um, we were not on, like, winning teams, per se. You yeah. know, I just remember my childhood being a childhood filled with, you know, baseball and sport, or, like, you know, uh, kite flying competitions. Or yeah. I mean, well, there were competitions everywhere of some okay. kind, you know, yeah. relay races, May Day events. You yeah. Know? I mean, either in your school or you go to the park for a big festival and there'd be different races and stuff. And, yeah. Uh, and you either you either won it yeah. or you didn't. Yeah. And I don't. I never won that stuff. I, ne I yeah, never. I don't even think I ever thought that I was like well, the right, person like, that yeah. should win. Like I never. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Like, right. If it was like, uh, if it was more of the creative side, mm -hmm. then usually mm -hmm. I did pretty good. Sure. Like, oh, kite like, flying contest. Hey, like, yeah, I, like right. auditioning for something. Yeah, I always wanted the lead. Well, yeah. right. So like yeah, auditioning yeah, yeah. is a form of that like is, winning yeah. and com competition, you know, competition yeah. and yeah, stuff. Yeah. So, um, so I don't remember it being a big deal, but I also didn't have parents who i mean obviously at a baseball game you know one of the famous stories is you know i'm like one of the only girls on the i'm the only girl on the team hmm. and uh the there's like a boy who's playing who clearly his father has made him play hmm. to toughen him up hmm. kid does not want to play no. he's awful no, poor <laughs> anyway guy. so the poor kid every time yeah. he's up his father is like screaming at him from the yeah. crowd yeah and the my mother's father is sitting there and this guy's like Come on, you throw like a girl. And he's going on and on and on. Yeah. And finally, my mother turns around and was like, if your son threw half as good as our girl did, you know, <laughs> you, you know he'd be doing a lot better, Aww. right? Like that kind this of thing. This is like the saddest story I've ever I know, heard. right? Like I it was it. so crazy, really right? It. My mother was yeah. just like, shut your yeah. mouth. And stop yelling at kids, kids and stop, stop yelling at them in public. I know, too. right? Like, well, stop but that's, shaming your okay, kids. So, but I think this is an interesting <laughs> thing that you have just said. But okay. You were right. And as soon as I was saying it, I was thinking about this. And I was like, so but what I want to say was my parents were never like uber competitive, like you better win. Uh -huh. Right. Bring your A game to the little league game. <laughs> right. Like there was none of that shit. Uh, but, um, but I, I, but there was also a sense of, you know, we competed in stuff. Right. Right. Yeah. So I don't remember. It's implicit. I, there like, was never obviously like. Obviously you want to win. Right. Yeah. I think it comes down to as a kid. Uh, what's important to you. Yeah. Uh, so, for example, I would be much more heartbroken if I didn't get an audition, 
right? Right. Then yeah. if my soccer team lost every game, right, 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 right. <laughs> like, yep. Um, yeah. So, so there's, so that's my general background. But here are some things that just talking about this, I wonder if these things sort of play into the, the larger: is this good for kids? Is it bad for kids? Mm-hmm. Because you do have a lot of kids who are involved in competitions because their parents feel uh, that it is. Uh, good for them in a way past, like beyond just learning how to win and lose. It's learning how to win only, right? Mm. And there's a pressure put on the kid, mm-hmm. right? Or the kids are being shamed publicly because mm-hmm. the an adult may not be able to separate, mm-hmm. you know, what's good for the kid and what's not good for the kid, that sort right. of thing. Like the goal being point blank the highest achiever, right. like being the best the at best. something. And right. so like every time you win, it's like a new way of like proving. Right, that, right. Yeah. So that's that's kind of a weird yeah. gray area. There's also the weird gray area of if you have a talented, a kid yeah. who is really talented in something yeah. and you there is the desire to drive and push them yeah, so yeah. they can be the best, well, right? Well, just so that they can continue to challenge right. themselves. Right, challenge themselves. Like if you themselves. have a kid with yeah. a natural ability in something, yes. of course it's a great idea to like encourage them to work really yeah. hard and keep like just because they're better than everyone else doesn't mean you should right. be like yeah just don't you know don't stress out about yeah, it yeah <laughs> like I mean it's good for kids to have challenges too for sure so right. yeah that's, so there's, that's, that's real like a, that's a real yeah. thing yeah um, and yeah, so I think those are sort of two things. I don't want us to, like, have this conversation and it feel like we're, like, I'm very pro-competition. I mm. mean, like, I, 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 one of the things I think that prompted this discussion was, <laughs> uh, and what I really think it's kind of about is when I was doing the carnival, uh, we had added for the first, for the school carnival, the elementary school carnival, uh, we had added uh, some main events, mm-hmm. sack races, tug-of-war, mm-hmm hiding contest, mm-hmm. hula hoop contest, mm-hmm. right? And as soon as I announce the games, like the first thing, and the kids come on to hula hoop, and I say there's going to be a first, second, and third place, I go, do we even do that at the school? Have I just mm. entered? Are we a school that's like pro first, second, third places? place? Like places? Yeah. Or do or, we want to just congratulate everyone? Or, or we congratulate it? But and then as soon as it was out of my mouth, I was like, you know, everybody's yeah. going to come out. We're going to have fun. Everybody yeah. does a good job. But there's going to be a first, second, and third, right? right and then yeah. I was like, well, here we go. You know? Right. And and I, I, it just, I just realized that that was something I suddenly had to think about that I hadn't thought about before. Yeah. And yeah. everybody, see, I mean, where the survey went out, we'll see what people thought about it. But yeah. I realized, and not only that, but a sack race competition could have gone on for two hours if I hadn't said, Oh, sure. You can't, no more kids can compete after 30 right. kids. Right, right. And that was a new thing that I hadn't thought about. Like, yeah. oh, not Cut everyone's off, yeah. getting to compete. Right. At all. Right. In, in general. Right. Uh, and that felt a little, everybody seemed to roll with it pretty mm-hmm. well. I didn't see anybody super upset. Yeah. I mean, it's not. You're not you're not throwing anything at anyone that yeah, is unheard, unheard of, of. Right. right? Yeah. But I just was like, the question suddenly was, are we a everybody gets a trophy yeah. school, or are we a uh, not everybody right. does? Yeah, second, yeah. third, and yeah. then you know, so that 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 is what sort of prompted this. And I, as a person who came from a generation that was a there was a first, second, and third. Yeah. <laughs> not everybody got a trophy. Yeah. To suddenly being a parent now, which feels like we're in this weird gray area 
coming after everybody gets a trophy right. to maybe everybody shouldn't get a trophy. Right. Uh, and now my kids are old <laughs> enough for trophies. Right. Uh, like whatever what the fuck that means. All yeah. those trophies. We're doing all the trophies, y'all. <laughs> um, I don't know. Yeah. I, I guess I'm trying to decide like what my opinion is on it. I know. And I like my opinion. I think is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Let's hear it. This could change by the end of this conversation. Sure. My opinion, I think, is is it is a good thing. Why it may be a thing that we shy away from or have pulled back on is it's a really hard thing to have to teach as adults mm-hmm. to kids. It's another one of those things where, like, oh, man, that's going to be some work. i got to do some real emotional work. Can't we just give everybody a trophy and move on? As is- opposed to, oh, what? I agree with you. Right? It's really... I totally agree with you. I really think that, like, if we just have lots of competitions all the time, it encourages kids to work really hard and do a good job. A lot of times. Sometimes. Competition-oriented children. (laughs) Goal-oriented children. Um, But then winning and losing, like, if you lose a bunch of times, you kind of get over that like it's kind of like do you know what I mean like yeah you're like all right well I'm gonna try again I gotta decide especially if your parents are like helpful about you know what I mean like I feel like like so much of what I've learned as an adult is that failure is so good it's imminent (laughs) failure is imminent it's inevitable right and it's also necessary in order for anything good to happen in order for to get good at anything yes in order to achieve anything in order to be successful at anything you have to do a bad job sometimes or you have to not be the best sometimes you have to make horrible mistakes so that you can get better or you or even if you don't make a horrible mistake and you work your ass off and somebody else is better than you yeah like as much as that fucking sucks (laughs) Like, the ability yeah. to be resilient and, yes. like, take that in and just say, this was not the right thing and, like, move forward and right. still love yourself and still work hard. Yes. That is, like, I mean, if you can really do that, yeah. like, you can do anything. Well, that becomes, I, I, this was something that I wrestled, I had to really come to peace with for myself uh, back in my, like, 20s uh, and early 30s in terms of performance, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? yeah, And, yeah, like, yeah. Right, I had to say, and I, a lot of my friends were, like, where everybody, like, says, we're all doing it because we love it. And right. I'm like, yeah. okay, then can you be <laughs> satisfied not being a yeah. superstar? Right. Right? Like, I mean, it's yeah. no different than athletics or you yeah. know, anything else. Are you okay being... Doing it because you love it. Yeah. And putting yourself in a situation where you can thrive doing it. Yeah. But thriving doesn't equate yeah. a limo, all your bills now got paid. You yeah. never have to think about your college education money, yeah. loans anymore. Yeah. You're that famous, right? Yeah. As opposed to moving, say, to a smaller pond and being a huge fish and getting paid plenty to yeah. live comfortably. Yeah. Right? Like, it to be a reasonable adult doing what you love. Yeah. And, like... That I think is is sort of the adult version of what we want to teach our kids, mm-hmm. where it's like, so you may not be the winner, right, mm-hmm. the fastest, but if you love running, mm-hmm. then you go fucking run. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, yeah. and so I, Katie Bell, recently came home, and she was. I can't even remember like what it was. Like, but it was like some somebody got something at school. Mm-hmm. Some friends of hers got something at school, and I, her. Steph and I both were like, oh, that's great. And then just to, like, bring up what we always kind of bring up, which was, 
you know, one of those. And remember, you know, that's that's great that your friends, you know, won that and it can be OK to feel great. She like stopped and she started crying and she said, do you think that I wasn't happy for my friends? Like not oh, yelling. Whoa. She was like, because I, yeah. I was because yeah, I was yeah, really yeah. happy for my friends. And I was yeah. like, oh, that's not at all what we were assuming. I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I was actually talking about something parallel to this. It yeah. wasn't the same thing. I, Of course you were. Like she, It was something that she had really worked hard, clearly, yeah. in her own brain after this, like all day, like making sure that she showed them that she was happy mm. and supportive of them. Yet that was still something emotionally that she was rolling around with. And yeah. I had no idea she was rolling around with. Yeah. Uh, I'm so thankful that she said it because now I... I know, and I can be more aware of what I say to her. But I was like, aha, huh. you know, a year ago, she would have really had a hard time with this. She would have stomped off if a friend won something, right? Which I think can is I, just age and development. Yeah. Yeah. No, I just, I want to say one thing that that makes me think about, um, which is I was, this just reminds me of, like, I was in therapy, actually, yeah. like, a few months ago talking about something totally different. And my therapist was talking about how, um, you know, we don't think about this very much, but it's totally like human to have many feelings mm. about something at the same time, like many different feelings right. and sometimes conflicting feelings about something at the same time. And one of the examples she used was like, you know, if my best friend wins this, you know, my best friend and I are both up for this like special right. professional honor or whatever, yeah. and my best friend wins, I'm going to feel you know, hurt that yeah. I didn't win and disappointed I didn't win. I'm probably also going to feel happy for her. I might right. feel guilty that I feel bad that I didn't win yeah. because I am so happy for her. Like, so all, you know, oh, guilt, so happiness, much. you know, for her, for your friend and all those things are really real. Yeah. And like, what's interesting is like, I don't think like I, Katie Bell was clearly upset. Yeah. that, But she yeah. was, but I don't think she was, I don't think she was just upset because she thought, that you didn't right. think that she was happy for her friend. I think she was upset because she was feeling yeah, all I of do. those emotions. I agree. Like, all at once. It's a like, lot. Yeah. All that stuff. And I think that that is, like, one thing we can be really aware of as parents with our kids that, yeah. like, when they, you know, win something. Because it could happen, too, if you win. If right. you win, you might also feel a little guilty for winning. Yes. Like, that was... You know, that was a real thing for me as a kid. Yeah. And, like, um, I think a lot of, like, gifted kids yeah. have that feeling of, like, like I, I, I'm i not, you know, I just I don't always mean to win. Be yeah, this sucks. Like, right. yeah. yeah. And that's hard. And yeah. that's all really real. So, like, yeah, I don't, I think you're so right on with that thing of, like, we don't want to do the work it's as just, parents. It's just... Like, <laughs> and it's so funny because, like, if we're just more accept, I think if we're really, like, accepting of it and willing to, like, yeah. go to those dark places with our kids and, like, let them really yeah. process that and let them have all those emotions and all those emotions are okay, like, isn't that better, probably, is, than, yes. like, faking it that, like, yeah, everybody gets something. No, I, I, I fully agree. And once we are done being amazing parents yeah. who are really pushing through things that we don't want to oh, necessarily have to face, I do all this. I'm going to close the door and turn to Stefan and say, but she damn well deserved to have won that. What the <laughs> fuck? She was robbed. One Bad Mother is supported in part by Third Love with their Try Before Buying program. 
Did you know that 45% of women actually fall in between sizes? Third Love offers sizes AA through G, including signature half cup sizes that you won't find anywhere else. And Third Love stands behind their bras so much that they're willing to let our listeners try this bra for free for 30 days. Though, if you wind up like me, you will never give it back. They will have to pry it off your cold, dead body. Yeah, they're really nice bras. <laughs> you can wear it. You can wash it. You can really live in it. Just pay $2.99 up front for shipping. If it's not your new favorite bra, just return it or exchange it for free. Visit thirdlove.com slash badmother to start your free trial today. Hey, you know what it's time for this week's Genius and Fails. This is the part of the show where we share our genius moment of the week, as well as our failures, and feel better about ourselves by hearing yours. You can share some of your own by calling 206-350-9485. That's 206-350-9485. Genius fail time, Teresa. Genius me. Wow. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I saw what you did. Oh, my God. I'm paying attention. Wow. You, Mom, are a genius. Oh, my God. That's fucking genius. I think this is like an emotional genius. So, um, Oscar, so Simon and Oscar are both in swim lessons. They're five and three. Um, and Simon is, like, excelling and having, like, the best time ever. When I say excelling, I don't mean he's, like... Like he's the gifted best swimmer. swimmer. <laughs> it's just that he loves it and he's learning. Right, like he right. continues to like improve every week. Um, Oscar loves the water um, and loves like splashing around with Jesse or I like yeah. before or after the lesson. But his lessons have been really, really rough. Like just mm. really rough. Like just week after week. And I really like his teacher. But like for whatever reason, he's I mean, he's screaming and like. Sometimes, like, there was even one time where it was, like, a panic scream, and I was like, ah, like, my baby, you know, like, that kind of thing, and, like, but, you know, the teacher keeps feeling he's really making progress, we're getting there, we're getting there, we're getting there, and so I keep kind of, like, bringing him back every week, like, thinking we're gonna do this, we're gonna stick with it, and he's gonna get better, Um, but it's been starting to, like, wear on me emotionally, and, like, I, I, um... I've been starting to kind of, like, dread taking him Uh, because, like, not because I don't want, like, he's not, like, tantruming or anything. It's not that kind of dread. It's just, like, it hurts, like, to go through it. It's not, like, an enjoyable thing to put him through. But, like, I I, I just, I kept at it because I just kept thinking, I don't want to, like, I don't want to give up because it's hard. Like, I want him to, like, break through. Like, I want to see him break through to the other side. I know he can do this, you know? And, um... And then, like, what I did was I finally was like, well, maybe we could switch up. Even though I really like his teacher, maybe we could switch up to a different teacher and try that. So, like, I asked you for yeah. some recommendations. Your people were not available yeah. the only day I can take him. Right. Um, Simon's teacher is, like, there's, like, a huge wait list for her, so I can't get him with right. her. And so I was just like, well, I guess we'll just, you know, keep. And then, like, a few days ago, it was, like, kind of approaching. And I just, like, I talked to a couple of friends about it, and I just realized, like, I can just cancel this right now. Yeah. He, it's not forever. Yeah. He's three. Yeah. We can always go back to swim lessons. Yes. He does. It's not, there's no reason yes. why we can't just stop doing this right now yes. for a little while. And like, I canceled them. The, they totally understood. Yeah. I was like, we're just taking a break. He's having a hard time. They yeah. were like, of course. And the weight, it was just so lifted. Like, it's one of those things where I'm like, why did I not allow myself to, like, get there before? But I just, it just took me a while. And then, like, now that I'm there, I'm just like, 
Yes. Oh, like, this is job. so the right decision. It's, I feel it so is. much better. Good job. Thank that you. Is, that's a real one. That's so good. Thank you. Good job. That's genius. Thanks. Um, I had a little pent-up stress <laughs> over the week. I'm sorry for laughing. I know. <laughs> and so I built a small gravel pit in our backyard. Ooh. We had this, like, just barren corner. I mean, our whole yard, backyard is kind of like a... a back lot mm-hmm. um it was, sometimes it's dead sometimes there's grass but there was one area where we had like ripped up a bunch of like uh, weird cement that had been in the back of our yard mm-hmm. so it's just sort of this dead area uh beautiful little corner like cornered off always shady i went and got like 80 pounds of various types of gravel mm-hmm. <laughs> hauled it to my backyard using a wagon mm-hmm. and made this amazing play area for the kids i mean it's just right it's dumped rocks around and put some like buckets and stuff in there and it wasn't like any sort of super creative thing but like the physical labor of it always helps me a great deal Mm -hmm. and uh both kids have been way into it uh especially ellis Uh, katie beltis now has a million new rocks she can collect and ellis is just like and you know the trucks are going through and like yeah it it just fun it was and it was like this new thing that we could do outside and yeah i just needed to build that. That's awesome. Yeah, I good felt, job. I felt good. It's great. Hello, One Bad Mother. I'm calling with a genius. So I got tired of my now four-year-old daughter waking me up in the middle of the night wanting help with her covers. And no amount of helping her or teaching her or promising stickers on the chart <laughs> in the morning was helping. So I took out a needle and thread and I sewed the bottom of the comforter to the mattress cover. And voila, <laughs> The comforter didn't move. She bent back to sleeping through the night and not waking me up, at least for that. And, of course, now that I've mentioned it to you, some other thing will happen and people will get messed up. But for the moment, I'm very excited about my genius of sewing the mattress cover down. Thank you for all you do. You guys rock. It's amazing. It's so so funny. It falls into that. I just shoved pool noodles under the couch. My other favorite, I duct taped over the ice dispenser, the liquid ice dispenser on the fridge. (laughs) Oh, man. It's just like the crazed genius. Like There's like an element of genius and an element of madness. Yes. Yeah. That's the best. Good job. Good job. I just, I just sewed my daughter into the bed. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, failures. Fail me, Teresa. Fail, 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 fail. You suck. All right. Well, so I went away to the mountains for the weekend. <laughs> that was great. But then I was coming back and I... I was coming back on Sunday afternoon and like the way I timed it in my mind, like I wanted to get back in time for Simon's swim lesson so that like, sure. you know, I could either take Simon and Oscar right. and just take them off Jesse's hands um, or like we could divide and conquer. But like, I really was like, you know, if I had spent all weekend, two nights with the kids, I don't think I would want to take them yeah. both with me to swim lessons like sure. on my own. It's just really tiring. Um, and so I told Jesse, oh, I'll be back by swim lessons. And like, I just didn't really time it that it well. Yeah. yeah. And so, and like, I basically then as I was like approaching getting back into Los Angeles, I like realized I wasn't going to make it exactly, but I could still like meet him at the place mm. and like take one of the kids. Like yeah. I could take Oscar or like stay with Simon. He could right. leave. 
Um, and so I told him, called him and told him I would do that. And he was a little bit like, okay, you know, yeah, fine. Sure, right. And then like after I dropped my friends off, I realized, um, oh, I don't have any car seats in my car because I've been driving, you know, with friends yep. and I had taken the car seats out. So I'm going to have to go home first oh, God. and get car seats. And by the time I do that, everything's like, I'm just missing yeah. the whole thing. So it's just stupid. So to call Jesse like again uh, and be like, you know, I don't think this actually makes sense. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, okay. You know, like, <laughs> like totally not surprised, but just right. really resigned. And I just, the fail was not being on time for him, but also like, I feel like if I just in advance would have set that up, like if I, I would have yeah. just thought about it and said, like, I'm probably not going to be back yeah. by yeah, by yeah. 2.30 or 2.15. Sure. I'm probably going to be back more like 5. Right. Then it would have been more realistic and right. nobody would be pissed about it because yeah. that's what they would be expecting. Right. But I didn't do that. Yo, no. You no. thought you could do it all. Yeah. Fail. Yeah. What you got? Uh... I, because it's this week, uh, and my genius was don't go online. I keep going online. Mm. By, you know, like, I'm like, oh, I'm just going to check because I've, I kind of get over to the one by mother group or yeah. this thing that I'm doing. And then I open up the social so media. I'm like, I'll just take a look yeah. real quick. And then, uh, and then I get like really, uh, upset again. Okay. And then I have to stop it and take a lot of deep breaths. Yeah. And then go play in the gravel pit. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's one of those things where you say, I know I need this. Yeah. Like, the fail is, I know I need this. I need this for myself, for my mind, to not, to, like, just unplug for a little bit. Uh-huh. Um, and then just not allowing myself to completely unplug. Mm-hmm. And then it just keeps catching me off guard, which is ridiculous. Because yeah. I know, it's like that. I know I shouldn't tell yeah. them I'm coming home at right. 2 because I'm absolutely yeah. not going to do it. And I'm like, yeah. I know I'm going to find yeah. no comfort looking at you know, uh, the Your internet or the yeah. world or any of that. Yeah. Uh, and yet I keep doing it. Yeah. Hey, one bad mother. So I just had my first parenting fail. I just, uh, watched my, yes, yes, dear, my first. Thank you. <laughs> I just watched, uh, my eight month old crawl over to the TV. You know, we're doing kind of the just rearrange thing, just putting them on the floor, hold himself up pulled the power cord off of the TV and stuck it in his mouth. It scared me so bad. I screamed, no. And in doing that, it made him cry so hard, <laughs> so fast, and jump so hard that I think I might have done more damage there. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Calm and collected and walking over and taking it out of his mouth. <laughs> I think he's fine. We'll see the next time he eats if he actually takes anything. <laughs> Thanks for your show. Bye. I love that. The fail is definitely the yeah. I've done that so many yeah. times where the response that you give, yeah. and, and I've had to go back and be like, I'm screaming and yelling. Yeah. Because I'm, my primal instinct is to protect you. Yeah. And I've got to get you to stop doing what you're doing. And yeah. that is why I mean, but that's always more upsetting to them yeah. than whatever future tetanus shot they're about to get. Yeah. You know, like it just is. Yeah, no, you. But that, it's also that like thing where you're like just free, ra- like you said, like, I'm just free, free range. Range. <laughs> And then he's like, it's like you're you're sitting there, you're like I'm really like you're like I know this isn't like good for them, but like I'm it's also I'm good here, for them, and it's yeah. like I'm it's like it's gonna be fine, and then it's like not fine all of a sudden, and you're so surprised yeah. that it's not fine. Like, wh- like where was that? Like. Obviously, you're doing something that you know could lead to danger, right. and then you're you're still surprised by yeah, it. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, stove is hot. 
<laughs> or is it? I don't yeah. know. Hey, what's the right lesson? I yeah. don't know. Welcome to parenting. Yep. <laughs> you are the greatest mom I've ever known. I love you. I love you. When I have a problem, I call you on the phone. I love you. I love you. One Bad Mother is supported in part by Mimi Green pet supplies, and dog collars. I got a really cute purple collar for Sissy, and it's uh, reflective. And I love the dog tag because it's, like, attached to the actual collar, so it doesn't jangle down and jingle jangle and wake children up. Um, (laughs) It's totally quiet. You can actually read what's on there. I had room for her name and three phone numbers. You can also customize the collars with embroidery, add a head crochet flower or bow tie, or create your own unique look. And Mimi Green is a family-owned and operated company, and their products are all made in the USA. Go, America! And they're super nice, and they listen to One Bad Mother. So (laughs) it doesn't really get much better than that. Nope. So visit shopmimigreen.com and use promo code BADMOTHER to receive 20% off your purchase. Teresa. Yes. Let's call your mama. Okay. <laughs> so fun. This week, we are having on a licensed marriage family therapist, Beth Hosfeld, who is also the co-founder of the nationally recognized Circle Models, Girls Circle, and the Council for Boys and Young Men, and established One Circle Foundation, which is the nonprofit that provides training and curricula to service providers working with adolescents in the U.S. and Canada. And as I have mentioned, she also happens to be Teresa's mother. (laughs) Welcome, Beth. Thank you. It's great to be with you, too, and everyone. It is really nice to have you on here. Uh, And before we really get into your area of expertise, uh, we are going to ask you what we ask all our guests, which is who lives in your house? Uh, I live in my house, (laughs) my home. It's a condo, um, <laughs> and um, my husband Steve, who is Teresa's dad, and our wonderful dog Shenzi. Nice, nice. Mm-hmm. Got, all the kids are gone. Kicked them all They're out. All out. Get out They've of here. Gone and deserted us. Yeah, that's right. Your room's the dog's room now. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, all right. Well, wonderful. Uh, you've done a very nice job. I like Teresa very much. me too (laughs) thank Uh, you before uh i'd also like to learn a little bit more about uh, girls circle and the council for boys and young men can you tell us a little bit about about those programs sure and thanks for asking uh these are circle programs they're gender responsive support circles for girls for boys for all youth they're inclusive circles, and they're all about like establishing first a safe space and creating healthy connections because kids are really looking for belonging and connection. And then from there, you know, support and a place for um, challenging stereotypes, especially stereotypes um, around and assumptions around gender, um, and, and then also 
other stereotypes that people tend to have about each other or anybody who is different from themselves in any particular way. Um, and so kind of overcoming those kinds of assumptions and really creating bonds and connections and then having a place for decision-making and um, learning to use their voice, learning skills, listening, really good stuff. They're wonderful programs, I must say. Um, <laughs> Teresa helped start Girls Circle with me when she was entering eighth grade because I wanted a place, um, and she was open to it, where girls like her could come together, girls um, that we knew, neighbors, nieces, um, other other moms I had that had daughters, kind of come together and really create a different kind of space where they could have a place to share, a place to have a few agreements about not judging and um, respecting each other. And then, so you know, familiar? it just led from hmm. there. Weird. It's good stuff. It's <laughs> as if that somehow impacted your life and yeah. then went with you forever <laughs> into all aspects of your life and things that you do. It's ama- amazing. Amazing. Good job. Th- those are those actually sound amazing. And uh, I, I thank you for creating them. That sounds Absolutely. like that would be incredibly helpful to all of us. <laughs> Probably even more so than me just making Katie Bell listen to I Am Woman Hear Me Roar in the car five or six times uh, on the way to school every day. Uh, but be all a, different, ways. different ways. A lot of different <laughs> solutions. All, yeah. uh, little A, little B. Um, yep. All right. Well, let's get into it. So. As parents, uh, we are forced, are forced, <laughs> sometimes force marched, or want to willingly focus a lot on how to help our kids through difficult and scary times and challenges. And I think it really can catch us off guard when we as adults find ourselves in a challenging time or a time that scares us. And we suddenly have to balance how to care for ourselves and care for our kids. And when I think about uh, things, uh, what that makes me think of uh, are things like uh, September 11th. Uh, I think about the events that uh, prompted the Black Lives Matter movement. I think about families who have members that are first responders or in the military. And for some of us, uh, the outcome of this uh, election. Uh, and, and and I want to state again that if if the results had been different, this would still apply. There would still be part of the country that would feel unsettled and scared and disappointed if the outcome had been different. And so I guess my first question to you is how do we, in situations like this, take care of ourselves? It's a great question, and it's the absolute best place to begin in a, res- you know, in a response. And I guess what I was thinking is to first just say a a, sec, a thing about in a, in a crisis or a perceived crisis or especially um, when people feel threatened or perceive threat, the natural biological response, you all are aware of this, is to fight, i.e. argue, mm-hmm. uh, or attack, um, flight. We all know that the Canadian... <laughs> immigration website crash, people have a natural instinct to flee and or freeze, Mm. which is like to play, you know, the body, the brain naturally kind of plays dead to be safe. So people might feel like they're not functioning as well if they're upset by this or scared. Um, You know, they might feel weakened. They can't find the words. They're just sluggish. It's 
kind of like that's a normal response too. Um, but there is another stress response that has was discovered. Some of you might know about that, and that's what one bad mother seems to do all the time is to tend and befriend, and that was discovered by uh, Shelley Taylor at UCLA several years ago, that it's a natural instinct, particularly a female response, um, but it's not exclusive to females, but there's a natural also response under threat to tend to our children, our loved ones, um, to, to reach out and protect our young, and also our elders. Um, and then there's also that oxytocin bond, you know, bonding hormone that is really powerful when we come together, we affiliate, and the hormone helps soothe and calm. First of all, I just wanted to say that, that, it, that all these reactions that we've seen are all part of a natural response to threat or perceived threat, and, and all of that is going on. So the first best thing, really, I tend to recommend is to go to our bodies and emotions first because they are great sig- signalers. You know, they give us cues and signals for how to move forward. You know, drink, wa- drink a glass of water. <laughs> Yesterday, the New York Times had a very excellent article describing how calm breathing, um, how to breathe. Uh, I forget the title of it, but I have a link to it I could send you. Um, on calm and restorative cl- um, controlled breathing, very good article, very plain, straightforward, wherever you're at yeah. today. Also, moving our bodies because adrenaline courses through, and so moving our bodies really helps release that stuff and reoxygenate our cells, and that's really good stuff. And um, it doesn't matter if we can't go to the gym or get out on a walk, or you know, we can. You, you guys have had that guest on that woman with the mama something. Yeah, mama does. strong. Yeah, you know, maybe just five minutes here or there, you know, move this or stretch that, whatever or, you can do. Or say build a gravel pit in your backyard like I did this weekend. Yeah, <laughs> shovel, exactly, you know. Take yeah. the laundry up and down the stairs that's a whole right. bunch of times. It's great. Just break up that laundry into many trips. So that's good. And then, you know, call somebody who's a comfort person to you. For some people, it's a parent, a sibling, a friend. Reach out to someone and let them know you just need to to hear their voice, and that's very, very immediately helpful. And then lastly, um, sleep is commonly disrupted. And for poor parents with little ones, your sleep is messed up anyway. Um, and so it's, it's hard. But sleep will find its way back to you. Um, so, you know, be patient and do the other things you can do, and then that'll, that'll kind of come back. So those are some very basic biological things to do. It's really helpful to re-engage in normal and necessary activities. And I don't know about you guys, but uh, over the weekend I started to feel a little guilty that I felt like doing something completely, you know, detached from everything going on. And then I remembered that that's a a healthy resilience, kind of coming back and finding my own way. Yeah, that's a really, I actually think that I want to focus on that for just a second, because I think that's a really uh, important one. I mean, I think that the first things that you spoke about are so great because they are good reminders to be aware of what you're going through, but to be aware that other people may be going through it differently, which is so key. But this going back to normal things, I think uh, I remember this after September 11th. uh, I was in New York and I can remember how hard it was, how guilty I felt about going back to normal things, you know, versus uh, also being 
angry if I saw somebody else doing something that seems totally normal mm-hmm. and not focused on what we should be focusing yeah. on, right? Uh-huh. And then, and so and like so that is like a real thing that some people need to go and do those normal things and we need to go and do those normal things as as part of it. It's I, I, I just think that's such a yeah. good point. Yeah, normalcy, you know, normal activities tell our brains that we're we're okay, we're breathing and we're alive. Yeah. So so that's normal and healthy and it helps restore us so we can think better. And then two more things on this about taking care of ourselves. Yeah. Um one is that you might, we might notice that little thoughts or seeds, or we, we're paying attention, our brain is catching some like seeds of action steps that we might take. And, you know, so that's good. We could just sort of note this, note that, start to look into things we may want to take steps to do. And for some of us, that might be, you know, weeding, you know, planting bulbs in the neighborhood or in our garden, but for others, it might be contributing to an organization or, um, you know, making a phone call for this or that. Whatever it is, when we have action steps we can take, this is very healing for crisis and steps. It's very physically and physiologically healing uh, for us to kind of restore us to you know, more optimal functioning. And lastly, I would say monitor our social media and our media input Mm. so that um, while it's both, for many people, it's really helpful to connect and feel, you know, try and understand and affiliate. Um, There's also all kinds of things showing up on on the meet, on the social media and you know and me everything so we just monitor that like we do for our children or whatever so we're right. careful about the in type of input we want coming in into our our minds our brains yeah uh yeah no that's that you know you do it, it's so funny we we're going to get into how we take care of our our kids when this is happening but we sometimes just forget to apply the same care that we would give our children to ourselves uh, especially yeah. like when you think about what input are you allowing in to your world at this particular moment? Mm-hmm. Um, well, let's, let's talk about our kids and I, 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 let's, let's first talk about uh, people who have older kids. You know, mm-hmm. how do you talk with them about what is the, you know, essentially from our perspective, if we are the ones going, see it, seeing it as really bad news or something really scary about the world, uh, how do we then talk with them? Because you want to, I guess you want to find that balance between not displacing your own fears on them, but also being cognizant that they may have fears. Like you never know what they're taking away from it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, Katie Bell's seven. So that, to me, she kind of falls into that mid, younger, older kid range. But, you know, she had some very, you know, we were mindful of what we spoke about in terms of the election with her, always trying to be respectful of the process, but also, you know, when she had questions explaining why we would, you know, we were voting one way and not the other. And, um, but we never tried to do scary things. We were never like, you know, this person's going to destroy the world or what, you know, if I'm using the election mm-hmm. as an example. But she came to me and was like, does this mean that, you know, lots of Muslims are going to be deported now, right? Uh, Which is a very specific question. And then the other day she asked, you know, what, does this mean somebody's going to come and make it so that I can't grow up to be what I want to be, which is like an engineer. And I, you know, and they were, 
I, I was caught off guard by the questions and I had to really be mindful of how I answered that could be supportive of her, even if, you know, I mean, obviously she can grow up and be whatever the hell she wants to be. I will offer my dead body. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, um, but like with the Muslim question, for example, with the election is something that's on her mind. It was, you know, I, I got I don't know what will happen, but we will always be it won't change who we are and what we believe in and what we will do to try and support fellow Americans or people who want to be in this country. Right. You know, you're going to be OK. <laughs> but it's hard to not be like, everybody run. <laughs> so uh, how do we how do we not terrify our children when we ourselves are scared? The old, let's start with older kids. Well, I first just want to say how awesome that Kitty Bell could just go to you with those questions. Boom. There they are. And you're hearing them and you're tuned in to hear the questions and to pause and kind of think about how to respond. And so, you know, that having a, a way that she knows she can ask you. And I just want, first just want to say how big that is. And, you know, older kids as they're getting up into uh, tween and, uh, teen years, they may or may not be coming directly to ask things. <clears throat> they may be witnessing things at school mm-hmm. on any which way. Um, they certainly are sensing, all our kids are sensing a heightened level of tension. So um, the first thing I kind of want to recommend is that parents, um, that we turn on their, our best practice listening skills um, and if they're asking a question, maybe ask more, you know, a, you know, hear it and reflect back what you're hearing and then ask them what their concerns are about mm-hmm. that or, you know, get a little more information if you can. And then, like you just modeled beautifully, is we don't have all the answers of what's ahead right now. And that's part of the anxiety in the world. When there's a change in policy or a cha- obviously a change in administration right now. When we don't know things as human beings about what's ahead, for some people it might be we're moving, we know we're moving to another city. Right. I, I don't mean about the election, I just mean in life. General, Maybe we yeah, know yeah. we're going to get a job and move, but we don't know what the ho- place will be we'll live in, we don't know the schools yet. You know, it's anxiety provoking. Right. So being able to listen and find out if you can um, with kind of some questions, well, what are your concerns, what are your what are you thinking about? Um, and listening as best as we can and really making space, especially for our older kids, too, that might not come to us, but they may be thinking and trying to figure out stuff or feeling things, you know, to ask them open-end questions. How are they doing? You know, how are things going for them today? What's been happening at, in, in, you know, at school for them based on everything in the world right now? I don't mean, you know, throwing a bunch of questions, but, you know, pause, you know, pause, <laughs> right. you know, a few questions now and then. Sometimes kids are like, fine, 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 you know, right, especially right after school. Right. But, you know, later in the evening or before bed, like hanging out in the room a little, you know, how are you doing? How's your evening? How are you feeling? Anything about all this stuff going on that you want to share? And then, you know, obviously for teenagers, too, you know, it's a great time to listen in the car. <laughs> Yeah. When they've got other kids in the car or you're going somewhere and you just eavesdrop on the conversations, you can't not. And, you know, so you get a pulse about things that are going on. Then it's an opportunity for conversation to follow up with your child later. Um, 
But I think in terms of um, once you do hear what's on their minds, you know, I think they're also worried about you. Mm. If you're, if you are, which, <clears throat> excuse me, so many people are having strong feelings wherever they're at on this spectrum of politics and everything. Um, they're reading that there's something going on. And so I think it is helpful to say to your kids, after you've checked in with them first and really listened to where they're at, is to name your feelings. Mm -hmm. You know, if you are agitated or anxious or worried, say so. If you have anger, just let them know. I have some strong feelings. I'm feeling a lot of concern right now. I've got anger. I've got confusion. Whatever it is, just say it because that's good emotional education and and also clarifying for them. And then, you know, I think it's important to say if you're feeling fearful, say why and then say the value, one or two values that you and the family really stand behind. And that, that that's where you're landing and that's where you're at as a family and then check back in with your family, your your child, and and you know ask them what they think about what you're saying. Um, and I do think kids need reassurance that even though times have changed, all of it, it seems like you know there's change. It's our job as adults to do everything we can to keep you. It's my job as your parent, your caregiver, to take care of you. It's my job to take care of your safety, and that's that's my number one intention. You know, so they yeah. they know that someone's thinking about safety too. So um, Well, what about if you've got little kids who yeah. don't have questions yet? How do we how do we help our our little kids? So this is get, gets a little it overlaps with self-care actually. Yeah, Routines so. are really important to little children. Re- to everybody, but it's really important to little children. You know, kind of the normal things we do every day. Um, and that brings, that settles the nervous system. So routines are really good. Um, also, children are, little children are sensing, it, it, you know, emotions. They read, they read facial expressions, body language. So even if things aren't being said, of course, they overhear everything too. And they don't understand it all, but they they can sense strong feelings or feelings, and especially fear. So I think it's helpful to talk to your kids, and and if you if you're somebody that is having concerns, and just share with them. You know, have you noticed mommy's been or you know daddy been feeling <laughs> cranky, kind of cranky today? Can't stop not, listening to that cranky. one song over and over again and crying in the car. Have yeah. you noticed? Have you noticed right. that? Exactly. <laughs> you noticed I didn't get out of bed. That's right. There's, no, no, no right. we're having the same cereal today, okay? Yeah. And for lunch oh. and for dinner. <laughs> is it dinner? Is it bedtime? <laughs> oh, is it midnight? And we're watching. So <laughs> right, something yeah. different no, about it's, mommy. It's normal. To, it's normal that everything goes topsy turvy right. when, when something big happens. But then to just say, you know what? I'm feeling whatever it is today. I'm feeling not myself. I do have a lot on my mind. I'm having some big feelings. So I think just to let them know that, I think it is helpful to say sad feelings if they're sad, angry feelings if they're angry, uh, worried feelings if they're worried. But then it's also really important to say, and it's not about you, and you haven't done anything to cause what I'm Mm. feeling. 
and I am here for you, and, you know, reassure them about that. And I have some adult things I need to be, I'm thinking about, and we adults are going to try and be the best adults for you and take care of what we need to take care of. But So it's like acknowledges something's different. Mm -hmm. I'm having these feelings. It's not something you did. And then, um, you know, and then hugs. Yeah. You know, good, there are good things we can do to take care of our children, little ones especially, but all of them. More hugs. Music is wonderful. Yeah. You know, soothing music and fun music and change of mood music. You know, nature and outdoors. And if you can't get outdoors, water and bathtub. Things that restore us to sort of you know, where our bodies kind of regulate, and nature is one of them, or outdoor play, water. Comfort food, probably a lot of people had comfort food this weekend, <laughs> you know. And then other, really, seriously, and then <laughs> no, other did, people yeah. probably um, have um, not felt like they could eat because they're anxious, and that's normal too. So just go easy and reintroduce nutritious, simple things. Be gentle on ourselves for that. But like with little children, you know, favorite books, Songs, stories, hugs, snuggles. They don't want you to pretend, don't pretend that like nothing's wrong, but you don't need to get into all kinds of (laughs) detail either. Right. Okay. Well, you used the phrase, the best versions of ourselves as adults, which I think ties in nicely to my last question, which is when that's really hard. And that is, uh, if we, I would like to actually now uh, focus specifically on some of the issues that I hear happening as a result of uh, the the campaign leading up to the election and the election. And again, I think this applies to regardless of whether, Mm -hmm. who won. And that is, Mm -hmm. there are are a lot of families who were divided about uh, their feelings on who should run the country. Uh, Right now, uh, we all have to get together with our. There's a little holiday called Thanksgiving coming up, uh, or maybe not even. Maybe you don't celebrate Thanksgiving. Maybe it's just Sunday, and you always have meals with your family on Sunday. Or a holiday. We are holiday. We're about to be mega holiday. At some yep. point in time, yeah. you have got to face family members. It's coming. It's coming. And uh, right now, you cannot imagine being in the same room with them because you're having such a hard time being the best version of yourself how do we how do we forget healing as a nation right now how do we just start with our own family when we suddenly find ourselves in a situation where that seems super anxiety you're either full of anxiety about it or full of stress about it or maybe you're angry or maybe you're like what's the big deal relax right (laughs) Like maybe that's your opinion going. How do we how do we do this? How do we sit down with people that we love when we are feel like we disagree with them? Um, do you have can you and can you do well it? Well, before <laughs> any election ever happened, right. there was always this challenge. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, but certainly in- intensified. Um, I, you know, and I think we so I think we want to acknowledge that generally speaking. A holiday scenario is not the ideal place, (laughs) necessarily, where there's alcohol and a lot of other dynamics going on. Um, And some people are out of their comfort zone, whatever. So um, it's not the ideal place, but it is a place. It is a opportunity for something. And um, 
you know, so I think being realistic about that is number one. But number two, I would say beginning with our own selves mm-hmm. to aim to be kind to ourselves and to other people, especially those with differences from our views different opinions. And I think on all sides of the equation, I've never met a human being who didn't want to be respected for what they were, for who they are and for what they were believing or thinking and their opinion. I've never, and, and part of the power of the circles is that it's established at the get-go and practiced and, um, and come back to as often as necessary that each person's voice and experience and perspective matters. And it reminded me today, as I was thinking about this whole scenario that last year or two, a couple years ago, was the, you know, is the dress gold or is it blue? Oh, yeah. Um, And, you know... I don't even believe in the devil, but I'm like, that is some screwed up devil shit. That is like, the devil has come to test us all. He's come I to mean, test us. One person is telling their truth that they yeah. see gold. The other person is telling their truth that they see blue. And you're not going to talk them out of that or argue. You're not going to argue people, certainly, out of right. some things. Um, but I would say to really be for ourselves, intend to listen. If we really hear some, it went, you can't avoid the conversation is going to come up at most holidays. It's going to come up. And so if the intention you can bring to it, no matter the opinion, is to at least first bring a level of respectful listening, then You've created it a might potentially <laughs> make, show courtesy that might engage another person right. to perhaps hear a different perspective. And I will say there, we have some wonderful tools about that in the world, you know, uh, that have to do with reconciliation and restorative practices that really respect relationship. And the aim is to get in relationships so we can understand each other, so we can talk and hear things from different perspectives, and so we can discuss things that, that are difficult so we can heal and move forward. And certainly that has not generally applied in most political Mm -hmm. arenas. But there have been powerful global, local, and family, you know, uh, examples of that kind of thing. So I'm not expecting the Thanksgiving table, per se, to be all of that stuff, but a seed is beginning for ourselves to be willing to listen to someone whose views we completely disagree with and have strong feelings about. So we breathe, we listen, we show courtesy, and, and, you know, perhaps that's a start. That sounds incredibly difficult. I mean, I, yeah, I mean, just to be book. completely honest, I agree. I mean, I think that's, I mean, I, you know, that is, it's like 90% of what we do as parents. But I mean, like that on paper sounds exactly right. And then I also think it sounds incredibly hard. <laughs> and I don't well, mean... Keep, to keep it simple, it is hard. It is hard, <laughs> but it, and it doesn't really, you know, you don't go too far if you don't have mutual agreement, but you can bring kindness. Yes. Okay? Keep yes. it basic, kindness. Sure. 
and courtesy. And then the but the other and of course it does not help to call anybody a this or a that. You're <laughs> you're this or a that. That will do that will close the door for sure. And 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 because a lot of people would so adamantly so adamantly say that's not at all so and you're judging me falsely and you don't know my story, right? Right. And so um so there's do's and there's don'ts, but there is a, a book and a whole movement that's been going on for a really long time called Nonviolent Communication. There's a, a author, who's, a leader who passed away named Marshall Rosenberg, but you can look at that. It's like, it's like a way of life for people, for couples, for families, schools, conflicts, world leaders. Nonviolent communication has many tools, but the bottom thing is to be show courtesy and respect to people and although we have enormous intense strong feelings you know to to breathe through it and to listen and then maybe there's an opening to ask another question or would they be willing to hear a different side of things and when that fails hide in the bathroom Mm-hmm. Absolutely, <laughs> and then say, "Good to see you. I, uh, take care. Oh, yeah, I gotta go. Holiday, <laughs> and we don't have to live in the same house most of us. That's right. Oh, thank well, God. I know. Thank God. Beth, thank you so much. This, this, uh, this was really helpful. Um, even though some of it is is difficult, some of it's hard, uh, especially when you're in the middle of feeling like you're in a crisis. But these are all very helpful and good tools, and we will link everybody up to. Uh, the book, uh, the nonviolent communications book that you were talking about, and uh, as well as the New York Times article about breathing. And thank you so much for taking the time to come on and help us with this. You're welcome. It's been a pleasure. All right. Uh, we will definitely be talking to you. I'll talk today. to you. Yeah, later. yeah, she'll talk Take to you. Take care. Bye. <laughs> Bye. 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 Instead of door busting for a plasma TV this Black Friday, how about you stay in and snag the best deal of all? Max Fun Con 2017 tickets. Max Fun Con West returns to Lake Arrowhead next June, and Max Fun Con East is back in the Poconos next September. Tickets for both go on sale Friday, November 25th, and they're gonna sell out fast. So mark your calendars and visit maxfuncon.com on November 25th to secure your spot. Max Fun Con, way more fun than a smartwatch or whatever. Is the newest season of The Great British Bake Off any good? Are YouTube cat conventions a thing? Why do we care about the royal family? Which pop culture icon is ripe for a comeback? What are the best songs of the year? Is this meme already dead? For answers to these questions and so much more, come on over to Pop Rocket, a pop culture roundtable show with me, Guy Branham. Winter Mitchell. Margaret Wappler. And Oliver Wang. Catch us every Wednesday on MaximumFun.org or wherever you decide to get your podcasts. I'm not going to (laughs) judge. I can understand why competition was a weird thing in your house. (laughs) 
actually, you know what's funny? What? Between my mom and my dad, yeah. my mom is way more competitive. competitive. Yeah. yeah. I, she's I can super sense it. I can sense she's it. She's one of seven kids. Yeah. She's yeah. super competitive. Fighting, the, fighting for the table. She was delightful. And that was that was actually really helpful. There was a lot of good reminders, a lot of good, you know, that that were both about taking care of yourself, mm-hmm. but in acknowledging all the different things that you might be going through it allows us to acknowledge that somebody might be doing them in a different order or doing something, you know, like when she was listening to that, I was like, oh my gosh, uh, the shutdown, I shut down all, you know, yeah. uh, media, all input coming in. Yeah. I uh, had people around that I really needed to see and mm-hmm. I shoved them full of barbecue and mm-hmm. I did physical labor. Mm-hmm. Look at me doing all the stuff instinctively. Yeah. That, and and so maybe part of, part of when you're in the middle of a crisis of some kind or something is like really challenging to you, uh, to sit there and be like, hey, good job, natural responses. Look what I did. Yeah. I shut down or I went to the mountains or I cried a lot or I ate, you know, comfort food, whatever those things are. Um, or I did something totally normal. Mm-hmm. Um, good job. Yeah. Natural instincts. Yes. Good job doing that. Um, and uh, and it's a good checklist to go down to. Yeah. Like maybe you've done a f- maybe you've had some water. Yeah. And you've been concentrating on your breathing. Yeah. But then you go down the checklist and you say, yeah, now I need to, like, move my body. I yeah. need to, like, actually go for a walk. Or I need to, you know, I need to find a way to make that happen. And like all things parenting, people are doing it different than you. Yeah. And we have to pull back from judging how other people are going through it. Oh, yeah. And, oh, absolutely. And, yeah, I mean, because that, that is really real. That whole, like, how can you... You know, I saw that. You see it on Facebook all the uh-huh. time. How can you come on and post a picture of your cat? Uh-huh. Right. <laughs> when, right. When, you know, when this, this just happening. happened. Yeah. And, uh, and so that, which is, again, a natural response. So it, it's good if we can uh, try and remember that. I think that's really helpful. Uh, that it's about focusing on yourself, yeah. you know, what you need. Absolutely. Uh, speaking of what you may or may not need. I, I know need, what I need. I know what I need. <laughs> and that is to hear a mom have a breakdown. Hi, guys. I am leaving a rant slash mom having a breakdown. So it's 640 in the morning, and I am already having a complete mental breakdown. Um, and I know that none of it is warranted, but it doesn't matter because I'm still having it anyway. Um, I'm just feeling really completely underappreciated. I have a three-year-old and a one-year-old. I have actually a really wonderful husband, but at the moment, my three-year-old is driving me up the wall, and I'm just feeling like she is a completely ungrateful brat, and I know that she's not capable of understanding that she has a lot to be grateful for and that a lot of people have it worse than she does, but it's driving me bonkers that she doesn't understand it and that I'm the one who's mostly not being appreciated. I have been looking forward to taking her to see Daniel Tiger live. I bought the tickets like six months ago. I was so excited about it because I wanted to see her beautiful little face get mind blown when she saw it in real life. And yesterday came and she was so misbehaving, like ridiculously, that I couldn't even deal with taking her. And so my husband volunteered to take her, which was really nice. And I was sort of conflicted, but I was like, yes, you're right. I am not in a good place to be taking her to this now. So he takes her to it, and they have a wonderful time. And he gets to see all the amazingness, even though it was me who even knew it existed, thought about it, bought the tickets, waited six months for it. 
then he let her play in a fucking fountain, literally in a fountain outside for an hour after the play, even though it was already already past that time. He let her get completely soaked. He had no changes of clothes for her, no nothing. So he texts me to get clothes out for her so that he can come home, get dry clothes for her, and then take her out to dinner. All of which, again, is after I've put the baby to bed and it's way after her bedtime. I do that. So I wake up this morning and I'm just feeling like no one appreciates me. No one appreciates the things that I do. No one sees the things that I do. Like, no three-year-old is going to turn to me and say, hey, thanks for stuffing newspaper into my soaking wet shoes so that they can dry overnight. That's something I really appreciate, Mom. You know, no one's going to say, thanks for getting up at 520, even though you didn't want to because we were in our room screaming. And thanks for making this breakfast that we didn't fucking eat, even though we asked for it 30 seconds ago. And we told you how hungry we were. And now we're asking you what we can go play instead. No one's going to say, thanks for keeping a clean house, Mom, so that we don't live in a shithole. Or thanks for fucking buying us new clothes and shoes so that we can, like, you know, go out in the universe not freezing to death. And I just feel like my husband just gets to be the fun one, and I just get the slog jobs and the disciplinarian jobs, and it sucks. Um, No one... Gives a shit. No one's gonna write me a thank you card for that, you know. And I know that I can't expect that from a three-year-old, but it just some days just wears you down, and you're like, can I get a fucking thank you from anybody for anything, you know, like keeping you alive? And also maybe for the fact that you guys have a really privileged, really wonderful life, and. You don't know how good you have it. And then there's other people out there in the world who would love the fucking breakfast that you're not eating right now. And I'm just, I know that I'm completely losing it. And that's why I called you guys so I could be a mom having a breakdown. Thank you. Bye. Oh. Yeah. That's like, that is 100% valid. That's yeah. like the president of everything. Oh, that's totally. the, you know, I... It's like at Disneyland, you know, there's like a whole sub-level of Disneyland mm-hmm. that like you never see mm-hmm. and you don't know exists. The tunnels. The tunnels. And you don't know exist unless you are like somebody who works at Disneyland mm-hmm. and then you write a book. Or unless you uh, get arrested at Disneyland. Right, unless you get you take it out of the tunnels. Uh, but it's like this whole thing. It's how Mickey Mouse can pop up in one place and then five seconds later, another yeah. one pops up here, which is magical. Yeah. Which is the same magic that your house is functioning every day. Mm. Uh, that is the Ooh, same, I really like right? This analogy. That yes. is the same. You are the subtunnels of Disneyland, Dang. and you just made everything fucking pop up right yeah. at the right time. That's and right. you know what? You know what? Disney. I guarantee you, Disneyland occasionally would like those kids to realize that it takes a lot more effort, <laughs> right? Like it's you. But I mean, it's the same. Your kids are walking through fucking Disneyland that you made them, and. It is, you get to both feel proud that you're able to give whatever life you're able to give your kids, that you are, you are able to do this and that you are able to, when they say that they're hungry, fix them food mm-hmm. and uh, know what their schedules are and know what they need. And at the same time, you get to be upset that they don't get the 
amount of effort that it takes to make that happen. Mm -hmm. And I appreciate that you are gracious enough to understand that your three-year-old can't emotionally get it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a big yeah. deal. Yeah. That moment of you going to take her to see the thing I and know. then it does it. And, you, and how smart of you not to go. That way you're not sitting in the middle of a kid's museum with a hot dog crushed on your chest, right. crying publicly and yelling at them the whole time. Right. Right? That's a big deal yeah. that you were smart enough not to go. But yeah. the trade-off is... You didn't get the good part of it. Right. You saved both of you from the awful of it, but you didn't get the good part of it. And it's hard to switch your brain. It's hard to get in the zone of enjoying it regardless. It's true. Like it sounds, it sounds like there are so many, when you're working so hard, you need the rewards to keep you going. You just need those rewards. You You need a reward. Yeah. And if it can't be the, the joyous smile, smile yeah. then it better damn well be a big fucking thank you in the form of, like, your favorite thing showing <laughs> up from your partner. And I don't think that's too much to ask right now. And, and you're, doing, you're doing a remarkable job. Yeah, you are. And I want to say thank you for doing all that work. Yeah. And you, I want to say thank you for calling yeah. and telling us all of this because yeah. I feel like I got something out of yeah. everything that you said and yeah. like how like honest you were and real yeah. you were. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. You're doing a really great job. Yeah, you are. Uh, what did we learn this week, Teresa? We have learned that that sometimes the things that we don't want to do like the challenges of having to explain larger concepts to our children like winning and losing and ways to handle that and how that will make us better human beings and more successful and resilient and more self-loving. It's hard to do. (laughs) And sometimes it would be easier just to give everybody a fucking trophy and be done with it for the day. Um, But uh, but maybe maybe there's benefit in hard work. Isn't that somebody's like tattoo? (laughs) Benefit in hard work. So... That that's hard, but but it's necessary and good job mm-hmm. doing that. That's a good lesson. Mm-hmm. Also, we have learned that when we find ourselves in difficult times, whatever those times may be, and, and it is important to remember that we are not all sharing the same experiences ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you might be having a great time at the moment, not at this moment, but like in a moment, but somebody else may be really facing something that's challenging to to them uh, to their community, uh, and, and and so we need to be respectful of that, of each other, and and that when we find ourselves in those challenging situations, uh, to be kind to ourselves and to listen to our bodies, to listen to our kids, um, and and just be open to each other. Uh, and lots more hugs. Oh, that was a great one. Lots mm-hmm. more hugs, yeah. guys. And I'm going to throw this out there as something I've been thinking about a lot uh, recently. And when maybe right now we just need to be like extra small things out mm-hmm. there in the world. You know, I say it all the time. But like it's not just smile at strangers at the intersection. <laughs> You know, but like a little more smiling, uh, maybe a little more opening doors 
Like, you know, keep the doors open, guys. If you see somebody come in and it takes five seconds to wait to open the door, take the extra five seconds. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the grab the cart and return it at the grocery store for somebody as you're heading in. Or maybe you're going to return your cart, grab the guys next to you cart. Or... Better yet, if it infuriates you like it infuriates me to see a cart sticking in somebody's parking spot, instead of judging why they maybe left that cart there, maybe they had three kids with them and they just couldn't take it back, take the cart back. It actually makes me feel incredibly better to, like, take an action. Yeah. And sometimes the actions are really, really small. But I I just... I have been finding great comfort in doing the small actions, especially uh, right now when I'm feeling really anxious. And so I encourage us to not only keep high-fiving the moms having the breakdowns or the dads having the breakdowns at the Target, but holding the doors open, extending an extra hand where we need it. Um, it's also it's generosity, I think, makes us feel good. Yeah. And it's an act of generosity to think when you see that cart sitting there, yeah. like, for example, that... That it was a, a, a family with a yeah. bunch of little kids or somebody with a screaming baby or right. maybe a, somebody who wasn't elderly, able bodied yeah. or somebody elderly who for what or for whatever reason, that person that day just couldn't, couldn't do, do it. it. Right. And like it is such a it's such a better feeling to see that and assume that and say, what can I do to help? I can take this cart back. Right. I'll use this cart for yeah. my shopping trip sure. today. Rather than, you know, mumble something. About entitlement. You, right. can't, you can't put your fucking cart back. Right. <laughs> you right. ruined everything, you entitled assholes. Right. right. Yeah. Sometimes it's just a fucking cart, guys. Right. And it'll be helpful to bring it in. Yeah. Let's all bring the cart in, everybody. Let's bring in that Bring cart. in the cart, guys. With love. With love and acceptance. Let's hug that cart. No, I'm taking hug it too the far. shit out of all that right. cart. I'll <laughs> hug it and build up my immune system. Uh, everybody, you're doing... A remarkable, remarkable job. You guys really are. Teresa? Yes. You are doing a remarkable job. Thanks, Biz. So are you. Thank you. We will talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye. I got to low down mama blues. I got to low down mama blues. Got to low We'd like to thank Max Fun, Lindsay Pavlis, our engineer, our husbands, Stefan Lawrence and Jesse Thorne, our perfect children who provide us with inspiration to say all these horrible things, and of course, you are listening. To find out more about the songs you heard on today's podcast and more about the show, please go to MaximumFun.org. One Bad Mother is a member of the Maximum Fun family of podcasts. To support the show, visit MaximumFun.org and click on Donate. Do you have a genius or fail moment you'd like to share on the show? Then leave us a message at 206-350-9485. Full-on rage-induced rants are also welcome. Well, Daddy, baby, bustin' by, got low down mama blues. Oh, said Daddy, baby, bustin' by, got low down mama blues. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.